السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وعزيزنا وكريمنا ورحيمنا ونبينا وسندنا محمد رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Alright um, Today we're going to talk about manifestation uh, How to manifest things How not to manifest things And Islamically what is the perception on all of this So first and foremost um, Let's talk about what is manifestation right? And what is this whole discussion That is on everyone's mind In regards to uh, manifestation So the idea is that everything that is outside on earth is a product of the human mind. So if you see the if you see a building outside, it's because it existed inside the mind of humans and humans created it outside. If you see a uh, landscape outside, it was in the minds of human beings. They reflected on it, they thought on it, and then they went and they created this thing. So the concept is that every single thing existing outside, good or bad, is a product of how you reflect and think. So if you are able to control your mind and your thought process, then by definition, you can alter the things that happen in your life and that happen to people in other people's life as well. So they give the example of the mind as a monkey. And what is the, the Hindus refer to the mind at, cer at certain places in their yoga as a monkey. Now, what are the qualities of a monkey? The monkey has two qualities in it. Number one is that the monkey has unnecessary movement. And number two is that a monkey imitates. So they say that when a mind is like a monkey and it has unnecessary movement, meaning that it is not calm, it is always moving, it's restless, it's anxious, then they cannot reach their spiritual uh, height and their spiritual limit. However, when a person meditates and when a person reflects, then they bring calmness on their body. And then by that definition, they're able to alter things that are around them. And the second thing is, is that the mind wants to imitate things. You see something online. I mean, y'all are TikTok kids, right? So you see something on TikTok, automatically you want to imitate that move. You want to imitate that dance. So what are you doing? You are not becoming yourself as an individual, but rather you are seeing things in other people and you're trying to bring that inside yourself. Whereas the idea is of manifestation is that the inside of yours is reflected outside and not the outside is reflected inside. So the idea of two things not to do these, number one is the unnecessary restless movements. And number two is that don't imitate other people, but rather reflect and focus on yourself and have that reflection project on other people. So Islam agrees with certain of these elements. The first thing is Islam does reflect and does tell you that don't have unnecessary movement, right? And you see in your salah, there is a certain defined way of praying salah. You can't be moving around. You can't be doing different actions. You can't be on your phone. Uh, in fiqh, if a person does an action in prayer, for example, they fix their hat or they fix their hijab with both of their hands or in a manner that if somebody was standing outside, they would see them and think that this person wasn't praying salah, then their salah breaks, right? So you have this element of a person uh, not having unnecessary movements. That's Islamic. 
The second thing is meditation is also Islamic and having muraqaba. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for, uh, for his, in his youth, he would go all the way till the age of 40 and beyond. He would go to the cave of Hira and he would sit there and the Prophet would reflect and he would meditate and he would do muraqaba. What does that mean? He's reflecting on the greatness of Allah and he's reflecting on the insignificance of insignificant nature of an individual and of a human being. And in comparison to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are nothing in comparison to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that aspect of meditation, reflection, muraqaba is innate in Islam. But when you are meditating or you're doing muraqaba or you are in that closed and closed place, what are you thinking of? You're reflecting on few things. Number one, on the greatness of Allah. Number two, on the severity of your sins. Number three, on the blessings that surround you. Because when you reflect on your blessings and you reflect on the things that you have that others do not have, you will be a more positive and a happier individual. But if you're looking at things and you're looking at people you're on Instagram all day and you're looking at homes and you're looking at jobs and you're looking at people who have better and higher than you in the dunya, you will end up being a sadder individual. So that mental reflection does have an effect on your body and on your lifestyle and on your emotions. Now, does it have an effect on the things outside on earth? So Neville Goddard, he has this opinion that if a person practices two concepts, right? One is called revision and the second is called a telephone technique. And I'm going to go over them and talk to them about, uh, talk about that. How either of these are these Islamic? Are they not? Do they have any roots or not? So Neville's uh, Goddard's perception on, uh, on revision is that let's say that something negative has happened to you in your life. That you are, for example, you're, uh, there's a job that, uh, that you're working at and the boss is really mean to you and the boss is terrible to you. Now, you want the boss to treat you better. So how does he do it? He says, before you go to sleep at nighttime, think about that memory, right? As you're going to sleep, calm your breath down and reflect and think about um, the incident and those events of your past, those negative events. Now, as you are thinking of those negative events, think, make those events positive now. So let's say the boss treated you negatively or that person you like was uh, harassed you or they hurt you emotionally or physically. Now, when you are thinking in your mind of those memories, because when we are sleeping at nighttime and we're in bed, we are reflecting on things that, that keep us awake at night. As the poet says, Ye need bhi kya ghazab ki cheez hai sahib. Ye need bhi kya ghazab ki cheez hai sahib. Agar aajai, agar na aai, to bahut kuch yaad dila deti hai. Or agar aajai, to bahut kuch bula deti hai. The poet says that sleep is such a unique thing that if it doesn't come, if it doesn't come, then you remember things you shouldn't remember. And if it does come, then you forget things that you should be remembering. That that is the effect of sleep and the profound uh, effect that sleep has on an individual. So you're thinking and you're reflecting in the revision technique that that incident that took place, that negative incident, now instead of the boss harassing me or, or yelling at me or this person reading me on red, leaving me on red, now in my memory as I'm going to sleep, I'm imagining that that person actually treated me really well or that person actually came to me and opened my message and spoke to me. So this person you like that has been ghosting you or airing you or broke your heart, you're reflecting on them and thinking to yourself that this individual 
actually didn't break my heart. They were actually good to me. They were kind to me. So he says that when you project this thought process consistently and then you ask the universe and you turn to the universe and you tell the universe that because the universe is a product of our inner dimension and you reflect on the universe and you ask the universe that make this thing happen and then with enough conviction and dedication that uh, that aspect or that individual will change however now let's reflect on this from a from a logical perspective then i'll talk on it from an islamic perspective if we were to accept revision right so that's revision now let me talk in the second point and then i'll talk about the logical response and the islamic response the second concept is called telephone technique. The telephone technique is that let's say I want something good to happen to a friend of mine. Now they don't have the emotional stability to actually manifest things, right? So what do I do? I imagine hearing their voice and saying something to me positively. So let's say my friend comes to me and he says, guys, before you guys are doing goofer on me, I'm not saying that this is what you should do. I'm explaining what manifestation is listen to the lecture and then go on your little cancel culture and crusade all right hold on for a second guys anyway like you pop in for a second and then after that you'll be like okay say this relax for a second relax hold up listen to the whole lecture uh and discussion anyway okay so then the telephone technique is an individual that a person calls you and says that i didn't get my job or they said that I got into uh, this bad thing has happened to me. Now that person doesn't have the ability to manifest. They don't have the ability of positive manifestation. So what does that person, what, what do you do? What can you do for them if you're able to manifest, right? You imagine hearing their voice and that person telling you that I didn't get the job, but you are hearing their voice tell you I got the job and I got a promotion and good things have happened to me, and this has happened, and that has happened, and you hear the positivity. So that person says that when you are constantly, not just thinking or hoping that that person gets good, but you literally hear their voice in your ear, that's, called, that's why it's called the telephone technique, and then you manifest and you reflect and you have that breathing technique and you ask the universe, and then that aspect and that thing will change now. Islamically, what is the response? First of all, hope is something that the Prophet said that the believer is an optimistic individual, right? That is the innate quality of a believer. That if the person hears the trumpet blown on the day of judgment and he has a seed in his hand, at that time, even too, the Prophet said the optimism of a believer is that they plant that seed, right? That is the, that is the optimism a believer should have. So no one's talking about not being optimistic. If, if people were not optimistic, then a single tree would not be planted on earth, right? Optimism is core to human nature and human progress. However, if we focus on the aspect that everything outside can be altered through our mental capacity, let's digest this. You wouldn't have a person who had male pattern baldness because he would go to sleep with no hair on his head and every day he would be reflecting and saying, I have hair, I have hair. I have hair and he would ask the universe over and over again and then what 10 years later a few years later his hair will start growing no this has never happened to any single person baldness happens it doesn't go back a person is blind a person is paralyzed right you can have singular incidences but it doesn't happen all the time that's the first thing the second thing is that why not start manifesting COVID out of our minds for god's sake somebody who can do manifestation please manifest the heck out of COVID, right 
Third thing, or manifest Trump. Manifest him to have, a, uh, have an aql or brain in his mind. That if this really worked, why isn't anyone manifesting uh, Trump's mentality or influencing Trump and hearing him in, the, in their ear say that, guys, I'm not racist anymore. Guys, that uh, we are going to love everyone. Muslims are my friends. Uh, uh, Mexicans are my friends. And I love everybody. You should socially distance. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I'm hearing Trump say these things, it doesn't change. Otherwise, Saturday Night Live would be manifesting and Trump would become the... Uh, next wali of Allah, if we all started manifesting Trump in that manner. Okay, the third thing is that this is was just jokes, right? But just let's let's reflect on a on a uh, 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 on a more serious matter. Imagine that there is a guy that likes you, or there's a girl that likes you, and you don't feel the same way about them, and you ghost them and you deny them. You say, "Look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested." Now, if you promote manifestation. That person goes to sleep every night imagining you being with them and fantasizing you in different ways, in different manners, in different methods. How would you feel knowing that there is a person lying in their bed or there's people around the world thinking of you in those manners in that way? Or if there is a person who is in an abusive relationship and they've been sexually assaulted or abused or hurt or physically abused. And then you tell them that things will get better. Close your eyes and manifest and reflect and think and say to yourself that it didn't happen like this. It happened in a positive manner. It happened in a, uh, uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't happen negatively, it happened positively. Do you know how dangerous that mentality is? Okay, now going on to what does Islam say? Okay, then I'll tell you how to manifest Islamically. The Prophet ﷺ prohibited low. Low means if. That if something happened in the past and you think to yourself, if I did X and Y, Z, then it would happen differently. If, if. The Prophet prohibited dwelling on the past. Dwelling on the past. You can reflect on your mistakes so that a person doesn't re remake those and recommit those mistakes. But to reflect and to think and to delve on your past and say things would be different if I did X, Y, Z things, the Prophet Sallallahu prohibited this. The second thing is, the Prophet Sallallahu said, if anyone asks anyone other than Allah, whether it's the universe, or they listen to their horoscopes, or they watch their zodiac signs, and they believe that the stars and these things have an effect on an individual, the Prophet ﷺ said, this person will be out of the fold of Islam. This person will be, uh, will, will be a disbeliever, and they will be prohibited from entering into uh, the, 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 the blessings and the things that Islam and a Muslim has in the hereafter. That you lose your hereafter when a person is addicted to this type of horoscope or asking the stars or the universe. This is the fundamental shirk. This is fundamental. Fundamentally, a person is associating and asking someone for help other than Allah. We recite in Salah 17 times a day. We only worship you. What does that mean? What does nasta'een mean? We only seek help from you as well. We don't seek help from the universe or from XYZ thing, but we only say, seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if the, if, out of all the people who had spiritual strength, the Prophet ﷺ was the strongest of them all. If we said that manifestation was something that a person could make something happen just by merely thinking about it and being disciplined, Abu Talib would have been a Muslim. 
Abu Lahab would have been a Muslim. Abu Jahl would have been a Muslim. You would have had no disbeliever on planet Earth. Every person would have been on their knees accepting Islam. The next thing is, how does a person manifest in an Islamic method, right? Because obviously this makes no sense. Somebody died and if everything around me is just a product of my imagination and my mind, then a person who I lost, I would think to myself that this person is back to life. Why has nobody manifested somebody back to life? Why has nobody brought anyone back into the world? Like reflect a second, like get off the emotional bandwagon and reflect for a second. Now, how do we manifest things Islamically, right? The Prophet Sallallahu said that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, I am the way my servants perceive me. If they perceive me that I will accept their du'as and their prayers, then I will accept their du'as and prayers. So when a person is doing du'a, now how do you translate manifestation into an Islamic perception? When you do du'a, just don't do du'a with your tongue. Feel it in your heart. Hear the people reflect on it. And when you, the Prophet said, Allah doesn't accept du'a from a heart that is unattentive. That a heart just says, Ya Allah, give me, give me a good job. Ya Allah, I love them. Ya Allah. No, Allah doesn't accept that du'a. Allah accepts the du'a where a person in their heart, in the core of their heart, it's their tongue is speaking, but their heart is pushing the energy to that du'a. That you're truly feeling yourself tremble in du'a from your heart. And that is when an individual's du'as will get accepted. However, remember one thing, Allah is not a vending machine. He's not a gumball machine that just because you raised your hands, he has to give it to you. Allah will give it to you either in this dunya or in the hereafter. The problem is that we want everything now. We want it all right now. You see that little babe, little kid that's six years old, five years old, he wants to get inside the car. She wants to get inside the car and ride the car. If the parent gave the keys to the car and turned the car on, that kid would go and get into an accident and completely lose itself. That's not the time for the car. I will give you the car. Wait till you're 16. Wait till you're 18. That's when I'll give you the car. And Allah says, I'll give you the blessings that you want, but not now. You're too young. It means nothing right now. Your blessings will come in the hereafter. So not every dua you make will get accepted. And the Prophet of Allah says that in the hereafter, people will see mountains of good deeds. And they'll say, Allah, I've never done this much deeds. And Allah will say, these are the duas that you cried and begged me and you asked me to accept accept and I didn't because I held them for the day of judgment to give it to you in the day of judgment and the person will say Ya Allah I wish that you never accepted any of my du'as I wish you never accepted any of my du'as now let's reflect on something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has divine decree and he says Allah says if I gave every single thing on earth to you, then you would rebel and you would fight one another and you would oppress. But Allah says, I give it to you little by little so that you don't forget to be grateful and thankful. So you're reflective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the truth is, if Allah didn't take from us, we wouldn't bow in front of Allah either. Anyway. That's the discussion for today. If you guys have questions, comment them down, and inshallah, I will comment. I will uh, answer. Uh, put the question in the little question box. And...
There's too many comments for me to read the comments. You got to drop it in the question box. Too many, too many comments. I can't go through all these comments. It's like a whole kitab here. All right, the questions. I love you. I love you too, man. Uh, yeah, inshallah, I'll post this on IGTV. Manifestation, if you're asking the universe, it is a form of shirk. Why did the Prophet Sallallahu have more wives and we have, uh, we can only have four? I'm pretty sure you don't even have one. But um, the Prophet Sallallahu married multiply. He was as an individual who uh, had to create ties and had to create different practices for other people to follow through. So for example, the Prophet Sallallahu married a former Jew. And by him doing that, it made people's enmity, animosity, or anti-Semitism go away because of that. The Prophet ﷺ married uh, his adopted son's wife uh, to show and prove that you can't just call someone and make them your son and disown your own biological children. The Prophet ﷺ married Aisha for their acute intelligence. And if the Prophet only had few wives and there's tens and thousands of women, how are they gonna learn from just few people? So the Prophet ﷺ married multiple women out of uh, the divine wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there were multiple people to teach and there were multiple reasons and multiple uh, uh, thoughts behind a person that marriage is not only for sexual fulfillment. Marriage is not only for a person's intimacy. Marriage is not only for beauty. Marriage is not only for someone that, um, that has something uh, in, from a physical beauty, from a financial, no. But marriage has multiple reasons that people get married and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam all of these to us. All right. Okay, guys. Take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. See you next Monday at 9 p.m. inshallah.